0: Welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron,
1: And I'm Drew Gilbert.
0: And four score and seven years ago, <laughs> we sat here story. on a day <laughs> where um, the big story was the president's uh, some tax returns had been uh, yeah. released.
1: Yeah, we're over that now. It's been six days.
0: Yeah. Um, what else was going on? That was the big thing that was happening, and that was going to carry the headlines for a while, we thought, and then there was going to be a debate. Uh, turns out there was a debate. Yeah. That's a thing that happened.
1: Well, there were exactly what we predicted. There were two old men on a stage kind of shouting at each other, but something I didn't predict. There was a third old white man at a desk (laughs) that also participated somehow. (laughs) And so this just got weird.
0: Yes. Um, There were a lot of old white men yelling.
1: I watched the entire thing. Um, Did you do it? So. That's a no. Let's talk about it. Jennifer couldn't handle the whole thing.
0: My son um, <laughs> was asked to watch it, uh, not required, but asked to watch it by his social studies teacher. Oh, that just doesn't And seem so fair. I cut it on for my reasons, and he was in there, and, you know, just in case there was anything uh, that she was going to ask him about the next day or whatever. So I'm watching it with my son. Uh, he gets the first question, which is about the Supreme Court nomination. Um Trump actually, at that point, was very reasonable, was very calm. Yes. I believe I heard part of Biden's answer that seemed to not be going so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach got off work about that time and called, which as is his habit. So I walked in the kitchen. Um, by the time I turned back to the television...
1: It was gone. It was gone. <laughs> um,
0: it seemed to be some sort of WrestleMania match that yeah. I didn't pay yeah. for.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But... These people just happen to be leader or potential leader of the free world, and not actually wrestlers. And so I didn't know how we got to that point. Mm -hmm. I watched. It wasn't uh, really organic. A lot of the as my understanding is, it's fairly immediate. Like it it was just a lot. It was a switch. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, the aforementioned third white man in the room, Chris Wallace. I was watching (laughs) when he made his. his pivot to the coronavirus and things had already gone downhill, and his words roughly were, um, "This is a serious topic, so let's try to be serious about it." Yeah, he had to. You're admonish, having to say that to, to the two people. He had to admonish people. both of these men. Yeah. yeah. Um, who, as I texted to our producer, uh, seemed to be. Really just trying to one up each other with, I'm grown. Well, I'm more grown than he is. Mm. And Chris Wallace no, being I'm like, well, actually, neither of you are. But let's pretend for half a second that one of you is. And maybe let's try to get through this thing.
1: So I didn't know how fast you would get me to Saturday Night Live. But you yeah. got me there this quick. Um, I thought it was perfectly summarized. A, I, don't, I think you know this about me. I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. I have been through my entire childhood. He's his, a talented individual. His fame kind of came up as I grew up. And I just I really attached to his humor. He nailed Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live Saturday. Oh my goodness, he nailed it. I I have to imagine even Joe got a chuckle out of his rendition of it. Hopefully. But uh, the thing that sums up this debate the best was their rendition of uh, Kamala Harris, uh, played by Maya Rudolph, coming out. And basically, she's the mother of these two boys. And she's calming them down. She's disciplining them both for their behavior. Mm -hmm. And then she's sweet and says, I've got some cookies and milk in the house when y'all are done or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, well, y'all just nailed it. Because it did, it... At times, it seemed like two petulant children. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't understand it is who do either of them gain by doing any of this? Um, I, I really don't think there's a lot of undecided vote to begin with.
0: People were gen- generally horrified, I thought. It was no, wretched. Um, no matter who you went into the debate in their camp, you were generally horrified at the world is watching this. Yeah. And there were headlines the day after that the, that the world was horrified as well. Yeah. What We got 320 million Zach, people it's almost and this like, is it. Um, you know how they say the Southern thing is, you know, some people hide their crazy, we put it on the front porch. Right. Um, that debate became the front porch for American crazy. Um, and if you were living anywhere <laughs> in these United States or elsewhere, um I think you were justified in feeling just very uh, disappointed, very, um, I don't know, I, just not hopeful at all about the future of this country.
1: So I'm going to try this. Not I'm, I'm going to try to give the quickest, like, actual summary of a debate, pretending that it was like a real thing. I think you touched on something. President Trump came out of the gate really good in my opinion the first five mm-hmm. six minutes i was literally arguing via text like hey he's doing well he did. He i was getting rebutted by someone that just despises him that just would sure. not admit it and i was like you do you don't understand what mm-hmm. what's expected of him and what he's doing he's 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 checking the boxes joe came out and did his script right i really i really feel like trump probably would have won the debate had they stayed on that level playing field but then trump just went to constant interruption which mm-hmm. was petulant and Joe's rebuttal to that was like name-calling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? is this it? Well, this I shared we on our
0: Facebook page, uh, there is a new uh, new source. It's called The 19th. I believe it is exclusively a uh, female journalist, and it's it uh, reports on things through the lens of gender and politics and that kind of thing. And I shared it on our Facebook page, and their uh, take on it was basically, it was just an example of toxic masculinity. That's it, was. What it was. It really was. Um, you know, it was uh, obviously Biden can't appear weak, Trump definitely does not want to appear weak and so the only way to do that is to go through all the masculine tropes that there are and and try to one-up which also seems strange to me
1: because the only vote that seems to potentially be up in the air and swingable is the suburban white woman Mm -hmm. that's what they keep talking about you didn't win them. Neither one of them won them with that behavior. Mm-mm. If they can be one by one action, you know, it wasn't good. It was. Let's just leave it there. I think everybody agrees. So
0: for <laughs> about twenty four hours, that was the story. Was the debate how yeah. off the rails it went? There yeah. were questions about what happens. You know, should Joe Biden debate uh, in the next two debates? Uh, should they cut the microphones? What can be done about yeah. these debates? Yeah. That news cycle lasted for approximately twenty four hours. That if, yeah, uh, right about it. Roughly, and then something that was said during the debate. Of course, Trump not um, renouncing the uh, the white supremacist groups. That was a big part of the headline. There were a uh-huh. couple of you know things said over and over again, um, but one of the things that was kind of not big, you know, headlines, but it was out there is at one point he asked a question about the rallies and the virus and the mask, and he mocked Joe Biden for always wearing the mask. Talked about how big his like mask
1: was at one point.
0: Yes, like mm-hmm. it's almost a prop, which he's now been accused of, uh, that Joe Biden uses the mask as a prop. Um, now they, we should point out, they did not shake hands, so it was very obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even thought later if if something as simple as that, the fact that you have to shake hands with your competitor before and after maybe changes even slightly the way you handle yourself in a debate. Um, But they did not for safety reasons. They were spaced apart. They were not wearing masks. Um, But Trump's answer to that question in terms of his rallies was, that one, mocking Biden for wearing the mask, and two, that there had been um, no problems with, mm-hmm. with him having these rallies. Nobody wanted to show up for Joe's, Joe's rallies. That's why Joe mm-hmm. wasn't having rallies. Mm-hmm. He had big rallies because everybody wants to hear what he has to say, even in airports. Apparently, they stop him in airports, he said. Yeah. Yeah, he um, a lot of things. So, no problem whatsoever.
2: Your different approaches has even affected the way that you have campaigned. Uh, President Trump, you're holding large rallies with crowds packed together, thousands of people. Outside. Uh, Vice President Biden, you are holding much smaller uh, events. Because nobody pe- will show up. People with... <laughs> well, it's
3: with- true. <laughs> nobody shows up to his uh, rallies.
2: All right. In any case, why you holding the big rallies?
3: Why you not? You go first, sir. Because people want to hear what I have to say. I mean, i am done a, a, a president, and I'll have 25,000, 35,000 people show up at airports, we use airports Are you hangers, not worried about the we have a lot issues, of people. sir? Well, so far, we have had no problem whatsoever. It's outside. That's a big difference, according to the experts. And we do them outside. We have tremendous crowds, as you see. I mean, every and, and literally on 24 hours' notice. And Joe does the circles and has three people someplace. Okay. By the way, did, you, did, did you see the, one of the
2: last big rallies he had? And a reporter came up to him to ask him a question. He said, no, no, no. Stand back. Put on your mask. Put on a mask. Have you been tested? I'm way, am way far away from those other people. That's what he said. I can't. I'm going to be okay. He's not worried about you. He's not worried about the people out there breathing in one of the. We've had no the
3: negative cheek effect. To no, no negative effect. effect. We've Come had on. no negative effect, and we've well, had 35, 40,000 right. people at these rallies.
0: Okay, so fact check on that. Uh, there's a gentleman, a former presidential candidate named Herman Kane. Yep. Um, Now, I don't know, as these things are certainly fluid, that they ever really nailed down where Mr. Kane uh, got COVID-19. But what is true is that he passed away in July mm-hmm. and he was a surrogate at a June 20th rally in Tulsa at a Trump rally. Mm-hmm. And he photographed himself um, without masks, sitting with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. He got sick shortly thereafter. He could have got it, who knows where, but at the time, certainly it is an open-ended question that perhaps being in a very uh, large stadium atmosphere like he was. Mm-hmm. Where they recirculate
1: um, air. Right. Yeah.
0: There's at least a potential. So, And not only Mr. Kane, but at least eight people who worked on the advance team at that same mm-hmm. rally also tested positive. So that is just incorrect on the face of it, that there are people who tested positive uh, and thankfully did not pass away. So it is not correct to say that there have been no problems whatsoever. There had been a few problems. Then we developed an even larger problem. Um, I'll just tell you again about it from my personal angle. I woke up at Friday morning. uh, My husband listens to NPR on Mm -hmm. his way Mm -hmm. um, to work in the mornings. He leaves fairly early, and he had texted me that the president had the coronavirus. He had tested positive. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know it was from NPR. I looked it up myself to see where this was coming from. Yep. Turns out it was coming from the commander in chief uh-huh. tweeting about it. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Um, and then that's really where our news cycle has been since then, that after all of this time and because it is 2020, there were always questions about, well, what will happen if Trump gets it? You know, he's been kind of cavalier about some of the protocols and things like that. You know, what will he get it? What will happen when he gets it? Well, he got it about what? four to five weeks before Uh Election Day, Mm -hmm. and then very quickly was hospitalized, Um, which is no joking matter, let's just say. No, it's not. He's certainly of a risky age. you and I both know individuals and in some cases loved individuals who have been hospitalized because of this virus, and some of those people never left those hospitals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you hear that the President of the United States is being you know, taken, uh, which he walked out under his own power, but he's going to a hospital, uh, whether or not you like the man, once again, you should fear greatly for your country.
1: Absolutely. It's,
0: uh, it was a very startling moment. Uh, I think it remains that. Sure. And,
1: and one of the biggest problems that I have is uh, my mistrust for information directly from this White House. Um, not taking shots at any individual, it's, it's just I feel like the story can change every five seconds, which it makes it very difficult for me to trust it. And I think that we need to do a couple of things when our commander in chief is incapacitated. And, and one is be as honest and direct with your public as you can. And the second Side of that really is project strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the same thing with FDR. Mm-hmm. Uh, FDR stood behind podiums frequently. No and this man really couldn't made... stand. No. Uh, he they had they had braces built into the podium and locked his legs in. I think that there's value in projecting strength um, domestically and and. Uh, to especially other foreign nations. in a world
0: as volatile as our world. But it's indeed. tough for me,
1: and you, you just touched on it, especially those other 208 other thousand families that dealt with uh, COVID-related deaths and their families. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what's going on here. There's certainly uh, underlying conditions tends mm-hmm. to be something. Well, this man's 74 years old and He's overweight. I'm not going to go Nancy Pelosi on you here and call him morbidly obese, but I'll tell you his stat sheet uh, claims that he's an inch taller than me and five pounds heavier than me. Uh, and I've looked at him, and if that man's not beating me by 35, 40 pounds, mm-hmm. I, I would I would feel like I'm just really bad at the weight-guessing game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's certainly got himself into some risk factors. But another thing we know is...
0: Male more at risk than female.
1: He's the most powerful man in the world, and he's mm-hmm. going to get the best medical treatment that anyone True. has ever received for this. And they caught it early, and he's getting tested so often. You know, Part of the problem with, with people like my grandfather that passed from this is... You know, we got a false uh, you get a false negative in the beginning, so you're three, four days into it, mm-hmm. into fighting it already. By the time you get a positive and realize where you are, well fortunately for President Trump, he's not behind the eight ball there. He he knows very early and he gets tested and,
0: and he gets treatment that is not even available to the general public yet because it's yeah. still being tested. So hopefully that treatment is um um is beneficial overall Absolutely. to his health.
1: The thing that bothers me is in our attempts to, I guess what they're attempting to do is project that strength, which I think is important that we do. Um, it's so fake and staged that it doesn't actually feel like strength to me. And I'll give you a great, for instance, is they show him, uh, they did two different shots of him in the, uh, so at Walter Reed Medical Center, they actually have a presidential suite where the president can continue to do business when they're when they're ill. They show him in two different photos. One, he's wearing his sports coat, and he's got some documents on the desk, and he's signing something. And then they've got another one where he's not wearing his sports coat. He has different documents on the desk, and I, th- I think he's signing something again there. It's easy to zoom in. You can see that he's holding a Sharpie, and he's signing the middle of a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> it's not work. It's a photo op. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not real. Well, then you look at the two pictures side by side. They have the same exact documents on the table. They've rearranged them mm-hmm. to look differently. Well, then a guy pulls the metadata from the photo, and the photos were taken 10 minutes apart. They released them at separate parts in the day, and they were clearly trying to portray he was doing his work in the morning, he was doing his work in the evening, mm-hmm. and this guy's after it, you know, while he's got it. I, frankly, I hope he's resting and getting better. Whether sure. he's working or not, it's not a concern for me. Sure. That's why we have a cabinet and a vice president and everybody else. But because it's so easy to see how fake the strength is, are you actually mm-hmm. conveying strength?
0: Well, let's just be really crass. I think those photos. Are really just designed to show people that he's still alive.
1: Possibly, yeah. Uh, and then he did his little ride about in the, the car.
0: Um it's strange that really the only um, in history um, kind of the biggest precedent is with Woodrow Wilson, which happened obviously not in the same media environment. He had his stroke. Wilson was not able to function for Mm -hmm. many, many months. His wife actually was the one signing documents in Mm -hmm. his names. And they also staged an opportunity where Woodrow Wilson was in the bed and he had certain things at his disposal. And it was really just designed. People came in one so they could see him. No one had seen him for months. So, Mm -hmm. okay, they could go back and report. We have seen the president. He's not, he's not dead, which was a rumor. Uh, but what they didn't know is these things are very strategically placed so that he could kind of keep his hands on them. But what they didn't know is I don't believe Wilson had any um, control over anything necessarily below his neck. So okay. He might be able to just move his hands around a little bit. He certainly couldn't pick up a piece of paper. He definitely could not walk across the room. Mm-hmm. So that in itself was staged. Just But at the end of the day, their goal was to show that this man is still alive and he's functioning as president. Mm-hmm. The man was still alive; he was not functioning as president. That was a lie perpetuated on the American people, uh, which you didn't know the full story about for about right. fifteen to twenty years because right. of the way it happened. So, um, but he's done videos. Uh, we should perhaps mention he's now done a, a drive-by situation. He left, which,
1: which was a bit controversial, hospital yeah.
0: um, with his uh, Secret Service agents and mask and gowns, and and they basically rode around the block and waved at yeah. supporters. Um, that just, felt
1: that felt more like an ego move than a, a well, projection of strength move. Well, amidst
0: conflicting information yeah. about what his doctor is saying and what his chief of staff is saying, his chief of staff has uh, apparently was giving some very concerning medical updates mm-hmm. um, as an anonymous source. Mm-hmm. But then later, got caught. He got caught on got tape. Outed. <laughs> um, but Trump was very mad, you know, that – and the media will overblow this situation, even as serious as it is. Let's, yeah. let's just be honest. Um, there was um, – it was appropriate, I believe, to talk about the 25th Amendment and at what point, you mm. know, power may be transferred mm-hmm. to Mike Pence and things like that. Um, according to a graphic I saw on Friday evening, that's really only happened three times since mm-hmm. since Reagan. So after Reagan was shot – um well, it shows you how the media can overblow things they they kept talking about how reagan um, didn't transfer power after he was shot well reagan didn't want to go to the hospital for one two when he arrived at the hospital he he got out under his own power smiling and waving because he knew people could see them and he collapsed when he walked uh-huh. through the hospital doors uh-huh. and then i presume they rushed him into surgery because the man had just been shot yeah so uh unless he wrote You know, something out on a post it note on the way to the hospital, there really wasn't an opportunity for Reagan to do anything about the 25th, the day that he was shot. But after uh, there was a medical, minor medical procedure, and then George Bush, same two colonoscopies, he transferred power to uh, Vice President Cheney. So Mm -hmm. those are the only times that the 25th Amendment, which going back to Wilson, Wilson's the reason we have that amendment, I believe, Um, the only times that's been a thing has been three times in American history. You just glossed
1: over something that Americans should not take lightly. We transferred power to Dick Cheney twice. We did twice. And that's terrifying. We did.
0: And there's a letter... you know, there's a letter that you that you sign before you go under anesthesia, and then basically as soon as the president wakes up from his anesthesia and, you know, can tell you his name and what hospital he's in, pretty yeah, much he, he's back. he takes that back. Uh, rumor has it Dick Cheney kind of tried to hold on to that second. <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. That's a Dick Cheney joke, but um bump Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I'm sure. Three
1: people got it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Cheney was supposed to deliver the letters, and they just got lost along the way for some reason. Um but uh yeah so it's, so it's very rare it it could potentially happen certainly there should be questions if the president had to go on the ventilator and things like that the 25th the 25th was going to get invoked but i think specifically Beating that drum over and over again really pissed off the president. You know, it seems.
1: I, I believe so, and he's he's proven himself quite thin skinned. Um, that's always been his brand. He's always been worried about how the tabloids portray him in New York. He was an, he was a New York figure. He's brought that with him to D.C. So, uh, the smarter media members have found the way to chink that armor and just throw that kind of stuff at it, and they know they get him frazzled and right. he's, he's on the defensive, but. Uh, in all seriousness, so. we're in a, it's a precarious situation. Uh, the leader of the free world has a novel coronavirus uh, that certainly has killed plenty of people his age. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, it's something for us to be concerned about. Uh, I would be very careful about what information you listen to and believe um, and, and what you filter out. I, I think if we see him on a debate stage standing across from Joe Biden in a week and a half, you'll know what's going on. And if you don't see him on that stage... Pretty much whatever information was given to you was some level of false. So just, you know, sit back. Let's not right. let's not be too quick to that. Well,
0: and all presidents no presidents I don't believe give you the full unvarnished truth, no. you know, about no, things. Po- but politics isn't is very much not the full truth. This is the time to be as truthful as you can honestly be because yeah. people People deserve to know. And so it's all come together. You have these conflicting updates. You have him doing the videos and doing the drive-bys and things like that. So at least you know he's, you know, he's still here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time believing, as you said, that he's necessarily taking, you know, national security briefings um
1: but how many speaking of, of
0: which nancy pelosi is apparently pissed that she's uh, second in line to the american throne and is not getting personal updates on how the president is doing. well that's
1: the hyper political area and she's helped create that so she certainly has some some yeah. dirt on her gloves there yeah
0: there's a reason they're not telling nancy anything yeah. um but let's backtrack just for a second and then we can fast forward again how this all broke um so there's a reporter named Jennifer Jacobs she mm-hmm. was with the Des Moines Register for many years distinguished herself out there uh, got on uh, got hired by Bloomberg I believe in uh, towards the middle or something of 2016 she was there for the 2016 campaign she's the one who broke the news about Hope Hicks um, the presidential um, aid or advisor um, testing positive at roughly I believe I wrote down 839 um, Eastern this would have been on um, on Thursday mm-hmm. so two I believe New York Times reporters it was, were able to confirm that the White House had no intention of uh, making that public, about Hope Hicks being being positive. Hope Hicks had been with the president at um, at rallies at the Supreme Court nomination, which we are definitely about to circle back to, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Amy Coney Barrett, mm-hmm. the glorious uh, ACB, well, the, continues to find herself teni- right in the middle of all of this. Tentatively
1: nominated to be the glorious ACB. Yeah. I'm going to stand by she hasn't earned it yet, but it's perfect when she does earn right. it.
0: Um, so that was the deal. They did not intend to disclose that. Um, Jennifer Jacobs was able to confirm it and and put that out on the interwebs where um, the president lives and saw it, and he tweeted uh, fairly quickly after Jennifer Jacobs' report that uh, he and the first lady had been tested and were, re- were awaiting their results, and then at around twelve uh, fifty four a.m. Uh, is when he tested that he was positive. So I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that if Jennifer Jacobs had not done her reporting and broke the story as she did for Bloomberg, that quite possibly all these people who are now positive with the coronavirus could still be positive. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have changed the positive, Mm -hmm. but we would not know anything because the White House, if they were going to keep Hope Hicks a secret, you can imagine they definitely would have put the machine in force to keep the president's Mm -hmm. um, virus a secret. So uh, once again, completely biased because it puts the food on my table and here we see it in a Daily Mountain Eagle office. Um, but once again, a lot of times, you know what you know because of a free press, absolutely, Absolutely. Um, not because the government chose to give it to you. And it's, it's certainly
1: been tougher and president Trump's done a fantastic job of highlighting this. There is a lot of news agencies out there and I'm air quoting Jennifer Mm -hmm. in the room. Uh, They they're driven by ratings and selling their ads. Right. And then there are legitimate reporters. Mm -hmm. Uh, The legitimate reporters are awesome, and they're as good as they've ever been. And living in the age of technology, they can really get you things and break you stories.
0: And some of those reporters, uh, by working in the White House, are now positive themselves, by the way. So it's not something that you have escaped.
1: And I want to take a moment here. So we've obviously had a a divisive reaction nationwide and in this state to mask orders and mask mandates and the idea of um, wearing a mask over Mm -hmm. your face when you're interacting within six feet of someone not from your household. And coming kind of close to home for me, um, so my wife gave birth to our second child. uh, We're coming up on two weeks, uh, tomorrow will be two weeks ago. Um, I'm sorry, Wednesday will be two weeks ago. The day uh, that she went into labor, she was at school, she's a teacher, and she had her blood pressure tested by a school nurse there, um, finding out her blood pressure was high and sending her to the Mm -hmm. hospital to be induced into labor. Uh, that nurse, a few days later, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, my wife was wearing a mask, and that nurse was wearing a mask when they were within six feet of one another. Right. And to date, my wife has no had symptoms. no symptoms and looks like she's not heading in that direction. I I, I can understand, certainly, we always want to fight for our liberties here in America. But you look at an administration that has pretty much admonished mask wearing and and. Really, they've. it seems like reports out of the White House is they berate you for wearing it. And look at all these people that are getting it that we're meeting that had they simply had a little piece of cloth over their face for the periods of time they were close together.
0: Potentially could have been prevented.
1: It, you could have had half these cases or, or one-fourth or maybe only one or none of them. Um, it, it's not like a real complex science. I really feel like this is some stuff Jimmy Stanley threw at us in seventh and eighth grade. Um, we spread these with droplets out of her mouth mm-hmm. if you obstruct your mouth it's got to slow down the droplets right i mean it's 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 pretty basic the idea of it and um, i find it a, a little bit astonishing of how how uh controversial we've made it um but i don't know it just does not take a very deep thought for me to be like yeah that makes that makes sense you know
0: Well, I have here a note card of all the people who have who have tested positive in the past few days that we're now aware. Aware, apparently, the press secretary should be added to this this list uh, now. Add her on today. But in addition to the president and the first lady, we have the aforementioned Hope Hicks. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Nicholas Luna, who's an assistant to the president. Mm -hmm. Uh, Senator Mike Lee. Here's Mm -hmm. a little. We're about to get into our next talking point. <laughs> Senator Mike Lee, Senator Tom Tillis, <laughs> Senator Ron Johnson, uh, Kelly Ann Conway, uh, the campaign uh, manager, Bill Steffian, mm-hmm. uh, Ronna McDaniel, who is the Republican national chairwoman, mm-hmm. um, Chris Christie, who mm-hmm. helped prep president for tuesday's debate now joe biden has tested negative but uh chris christie uh helped prep him for the debate and then tested positive and himself went to the hospital because he has asthma so mm-hmm. his, his doctors advised that well and
1: he's another one you could put in some high risk categories mm-hmm. as well i hope he fares well i hope he caught mm-hmm. it early enough to to be okay
0: uh and then the notre dame president um john Jenkins Mm -hmm. so what do many of these individuals have in common
1: they were at the meet-and-greet for the uh, (laughs) aforementioned glorious
0: the glorious ACB (laughs) and you know it's odd because I specifically wanted to to watch this nomination I didn't want to just catch the the bits and pieces I wanted to watch the full statement and I remember thinking at the time, you know, no one was wearing masks. They were seated very close together. I believe maybe some of, like, the ushers um, I noticed were wearing masks, but none of the participants. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was odd, but then again, I knew how the president felt about masks and how the administration felt. And so it didn't surprise me necessarily, but it is a thought that flipped across the mind. Mm-hmm. And now as they attempt to trace what happened, now, to be fair, a lot of these people have been in contact with each other um, at least the presidential advisors and things, have been traveling with him because he went to four major events this week. Mm-hmm. Um, at least one of them after he knew, I believe, that he had tested positive or could potentially have tested positive, the fundraiser in um, – where was the fundraiser? Was it in New Jersey? Not New Jersey. Where was the fundraiser they went to? Was it New Jersey? Yeah, wasn't it was his it Bedminster, Jersey? his club there? Um, so he was at a fundraiser after, I believe, at that point he was he was – Positive and possibly yeah. potentially knew that, but he did attend four major events uh, this week—campaign events—and um, a lot of these people were traveling with him on, you know, uh, the Marine One and different things to these events, so they were around—they were around each other a lot. But the senators specifically, and I assume possibly the Republican chairwoman—I didn't check into that—certainly um, they were all seated at the in the rose garden mm-hmm. for that nomination and mm-hmm. CNN and possibly other places have a graphic now it's actually quite disturbing where they've blurred out the um the They have a photo from the event, looking out toward the crowd. Yeah, and they're and they showing have people you who, numbered, uh-huh. you know, about where they were sitting and who they are and things like that. So that nomination is now being referred to as a super spreader, a potential super spreader mm-hmm. event. Certainly could be. And also a couple of those individuals that I na- named, I believe it was um, Mike Lee and Tom Tillis. Yes, the other senator is mm-hmm. not. Those two individuals are on the Judiciary Committee mm-hmm. that would be hearing um, Amy Coney Barrett. Which is pretty important nomination because we've gone through the math about how many people McConnell needed to push that through. And when you now have two people who are going to be quarantining and, um, you know, potentially sick longer than just the 14 days, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with someone's health. So uh, his numbers are looking a little sticky. Uh, I think Senator Graham has said that they're going to push forward on the normal timetable, the one that they had uh, that already said. America's and
1: favorite senator, senator put Graham. a pin there because I've got more about him in a little mm-hmm. bit when we get off um, of COVID.
0: But um, so yeah, it's it's it. The Republicans are saying they're going to go forward with the hearings and the full vote and things mm-hmm. like that. But there's a very real. Um, question about whether that can happen, should happen, you know, with so many people being. Well, they're certainly going to push it. Um, I think there's a rule that says you can't vote virtually; you mm-hmm. have to actually attend. So you can't take a vote, you know, unless they. change the Oh, you can, but rules. you're not going to like the results right, of it because you change you, the rules. Somehow. You're talking
1: about a razor-thin one or two senator margin that you have um, to get this so thing passed. This
0: what seemed so. Certain because they had the votes now mm-hmm. is a house of cards because these individuals are sick and won't so be able to participate.
1: One of the things that's quite intriguing that, that led to a conversation, I went down the rabbit hole a little bit, um, was so we, we're familiar with the makeup of, of our Senate, whichever party is in power has the majority mm-hmm. uh, leader, um, which in this case is Mitch McConnell. Uh, so, the idea of the majority leader is basically when they take the room and they call roll whichever party has the majority when they call the roll has the majority leader mm-hmm. so there's actually a world that we live in where they could call the roll there's too many republicans absent because of being mm-hmm. sick or whatever mm-hmm. and Mitch has to turn over the gavel to Chuck Schumer Mm -hmm. because Chuck Schumer at that point would be the majority leader Mm -hmm. of the United States Senate. Mm -hmm. I don't think this would ever happen because Mm -hmm. Mitch makes the calendar. So why is he going to make a calendar where you're supposed to be there when he knows he's not going to have the majority? But I had never thought of that as like a real thing. Mm -hmm. You think about back in the uh, 1800s when they rode their horse and buggy there and there was Mm -hmm. no way to travel news that fast. There was a real chance you could always show up and like actually not be in the majority that day, Mm -hmm. even though you had the majority elected. So, it just it blew my mind that that was the thing i never thought of it
0: yep so uh so that's where we sit right now the president uh, well, Although though he's supposed to be discharged today so i guess has he been well, discharged no, already well no if you no that's read the
1: wording Rewind. the wor- the wording never said he would be it was very it was hinting very strongly at a decision to yeah. be made because he's doing so well my best guess is that his team will spin it as, you know what, out of an abundance of caution, we're gonna go ahead and keep him here. He's been able to, you know, continue to make right. America great again from inside the hospital. So we're just mm-hmm. gonna keep doing it this way. And they'll spin it nice and pretty to make you feel good about it. But frankly, just rest, man, and get better. Like yeah. that's what uh, that's what everybody needs you to do. Um let's just get you better. Quit
0: taking trips around the block, I mean just that that <laughs> well, image and the thought of that, I mean the any bet. other person, can you imagine any other person being given permission to no. leave that hospital no. in an enclosed space with two no. or three people, every how many people are with him, to go out Absolutely and not. Just wave at people and then go back in the hospital? Yeah. That's, I mean... Why I have no feel. words for that moment in American history. I felt likely.
1: that it was strange that the he felt the need to do it. He does such a fantastic job with connecting. Did they not
0: give him a window, like a room that looked out well, on the can, street?
1: We're in 2020. He like what happened to
0: the days like Reagan the after being shot? Day, yeah. like Reagan yeah. would appear at the window and he'd wave it. Well, but on what top happened of that, to that? He, he we don't have windows at Reed? He does such a good
1: job of connecting directly to his voters via Twitter.
0: Yeah.
1: Share your video and show yeah. them where you are. And, I and, don't know. I don't know. It wasn't. Didn't seem necessary. Well, Plus- the Secret
0: Service, off the record uh, or anonymously on the yeah, record, they don't feel whatever, too good about it. Um, have said that they, because here's the thing that's really and truly sad. They cannot um, do something, agree to a plan that they feel in dangers. Um, Mm-hmm. Or they cannot wave off a plan that they feel endangers their own life because mm-hmm. that's their job. Their job mm-hmm. is to put their life on the line. So if you bring them a plan that seems to put them in danger, they can't say no. They shouldn't mm-hmm. say no. Um, if it puts the president in danger or any of the other protectees, obviously they have to say no because that's their job. That's right. So we don't know these individual Secret Service agents and how they felt about what they were asked to do, but taking a bullet for the president is one thing, being asked to potentially expose yourself to a virus in a way that you wouldn't have been exposed otherwise just seems like an unnecessary risk to take uh, for those individuals as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, taking a bullet is one thing. That's the job they signed up for. I don't know that being in that particular situation is necessarily what what we asked them to do. And quite frankly, it's unfair. It's unfair Uh, that, that, that they were asked to do that. I agree. Um, and that anyone would ask them to do that. So it, it
1: seemed, it just seemed an irrelevant move to even. Doctor, to need to the do doctor do
0: it. at Walter Reed had a very strong Twitter statement about why this was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, despite the administration claims that you know they got medical, who I want them to bring those doctors who signed off on that because I would really like to hear that press conference of the doctor who said I see no problem with. Yeah, this. Yeah, this
1: seemed fine. Yeah. Yeah, this seemed to risk um, no one. Except for the other four same people breathing the recirculated air, completely fine. Then. Yeah. Um, All right, let's move. Let's move past it. I think. Uh, you know, we know where we are. I, I truly hope. I, I don't think that there is any good version of this where where his health declines for anybody. Honestly, no matter yep. if you see the man or, or you love him, it's bad for our country. So let's let's get better. Uh, let's quit the dog and pony show. Why don't you you know lay down for a while, rest up, get the IVs and and the drugs, and let's get you back on your feet.
0: So- well, and you know the fact of the matter is that again, I truly doubt that he is running. The government. There are people around him who are who are mm-hmm. running things. Mm-hmm. So, which is why you have a cabinet he, to begin right, with. Right. He has the space to get better. He mm-hmm. has the opportunity yes. to get better. He doesn't. Yes. Ha- he's not in every meeting. He doesn't have to sign off on everything. You know, there doesn't have to be an official transfer of power for government to that's go right. on as we it keep on go on mm-hmm. So, like you said, that's you know, let people know that you know things are, uh, you know, people are in charge. We're doing what we need to do. No one's stepping. Out of line. Um, Quick story, just because it makes me love H.W., when Reagan was shot, he was in Texas, I believe, and he was asked to come back to the White House, and they wanted to land um, on the White House lawn instead Mm -hmm. of where where the vice presidential plane generally lands. And George H.W. Bush was adamant that that not happen Mm -hmm. because he said what you just said, only the president lands there. Mm And, um, you know, they didn't know how serious it was. They knew, obviously, it, it had to be quite serious. The president had been shot. But um, that's actually how he won Reagan's esteem because Reagan mm-hmm. was a little squishy mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. But um, during that time, H.W. was very, everything he said and did, let the people know exactly what I said, that, that we are, the government's moving forward. Um, you know, people are in charge. People are doing what they need to be doing. But no one has taken over the president's role. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan is still president of the United States, and he will remain so. Mm-hmm. And I imagine Mike Pence being exactly that type of individual, doing what is asked of him, but with no desire to, um, the to take the power that is that is not his. I believe the same. Um, so again, there it, it can happen. He can both be president and and you know be in the hospital and things. That's right. Can go on. So that's uh, that's I think what we both hope for him that. Rest he up. Get better and let other people do the jobs that they need to do because it doesn't mean they're president yet. Mm-hmm. Only he mm-hmm. can transfer the power or, you know, the cabinet if things got really sticky. Eh, but they're not going to do that. We're not hoping for that. So, won't do that. Uh, so, so, so what do you want to move on to next? I've
1: got the perfect transition to get us out of COVID and into these Senate races. Um, and it's going to go back to America's favorite senator, Lindsey Graham, that you mentioned earlier. Lindsay is uh, pretty close to the president, has been close to the president, and potentially had contact with him after he had tested mm-hmm. positive. He is the chairman of the judiciary and will be leading the hearings for Amy Coney Barron's confirmation in the committee. Uh, he had a debate down in South Carolina uh, this last weekend uh, with Jamie Harrison, who is a charismatic young candidate mm-hmm. who is really lighting the campaign trail on fire. And he is such a good candidate that he is, in fact, now putting the state of South Carolina in play for Joe Biden. He's going to have kind of an up ballot effect where he has so many people excited to come vote for him. I believe
0: he has some history in the Democratic organization. He does, yes. he
1: does, uh, so that they so can. He,
0: know, he knows those. He knows the players, and but he he, he's, an counties.
1: Ex, he's an exciting candidate. And I would very much compare him to like the candidacy of uh, a Bill Clinton in the '90s, maybe a Barack mm-hmm. Obama in, in more modern times. Somebody that really excites people to come mm-hmm. vote for him, which both of them were capable of doing.
0: And he's African American in a state. That yes, gen, you know, genuinely, that's a very. And important he's, thing, I believe, he's so. Yale
1: educated, but he also is down to earth as well. Um, So anyway, we had the debate. Uh, So Jamie Harrison uh, is is a very eloquent speaker and has really good talking points, and a lot of his talking points are literally just using Lindsey Graham's words against him.
3: Mr. Harrison. You know, sometimes listening to Senator Graham is like, it reminds me of playing Monopoly with my son. You change the rules, he changes the rules every time he gets. You know, Senator, you said use my words against me and you said it after the Kavanaugh meetings not before the Kavanaugh hearings after the Kavanaugh hearings and your words your promise was that no uh, judicial nominee should be uh, considered or approved or what have you in the last year of an election and you even named President Trump when you said it and so this is my thing you know my grandfather always taught me he said Jamie a man is only as good as his word well, Senator, how good is your word when you made a promise to the American people, and even more, you made a promise to the folks in South Carolina that you wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. And, and that's the problem that I have. The greatest, uh, I think the greatest heresy that you could do as a public servant is to betray the trust of the people that you, are, uh, you took an oath to serve. And that's what you've done. Now, just be a man of it and stand up and say, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to do something else.
1: So Jamie Harrison comes out on stage for the debate. And it was a debate that I think if you really just, you're wondering who's going to be the better speaker that day, it's going to be Jamie Harrison. Mm -hmm. You kind of know it Because he was literally just taking. So Lindsey Graham, uh, after Trump was president, literally said the words, if there is a vacancy on the Supreme Court in the final year of Trump's presidency, we will not vote to confirm. You can mark my words
0: and hold me to it. And hold, he me, said to hold it. me to it. Hold me to it. And so
1: all this candidates running against him has to do which is say, which in the era
0: of the modern media was a mistake.
1: Um. So he's gonna he's gonna uh, just use Lindsey Graham's words against him, right? Mm-hmm. So he comes out right before they start. His staffers erect a giant plexiglass shield on the stage. His team brought it with them, and they put this shield between him and Lindsey Graham because Lindsey Graham had potentially been infected. And the optics of this for me is like he's dominating Lindsey Graham before they even start because mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, you're like you're infected, man. You stay over mm-hmm. there in your little mm-hmm. bubble. I'll be over here." But he really did, in, in my opinion, if you're just you're just kind of judging the debate, I think he really smoked Lindsey Graham, and mostly all he used was Lindsey Graham's words. Mm-hmm. But he did fantastic. Well, they're polling neck and neck. They're literally 48-48. It is a coin toss election. And Lindsey it's Graham crazy. is fighting for his life down there. and um that was very fun for me. It was hilarious to watch him erect that. And then literally most of the soundbots you see are just him spinning Lindsey Graham's words against him. Mm-hmm. So that's our first Senate race. We've talked about that one a lot before. There's a very good chance that they, they flip that seat to, to the Democrats in, in the upcoming election.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we have in our own Senate race, things are pretty, pretty stable Um uh, Tommy Tuberville is is going to most likely take that seat, but I did a little digging, and uh, this weekend found out that what he is not, uh, which we knew this already, is necessarily um, politically astute, or at least his team isn't, because when you uh, find when you Google Tommy Tuberville, one of the first things that'll pop up will be TommyTuberville.com. Which you would think you would go to to get some good information about um, right. Tommy yeah. Well, You get information about Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> None of it's good though, because <laughs> it turns out uh, the Doug Jones team <laughs> own that site, or and, at least a,
1: at least the pack related right, to, yeah, or yeah. the pack, yes. And Citizens so United they, um, to think.
0: Uh, I believe, have really hammered this coach clueless label they're trying to tag him with, and there's all sorts of nasty things on that website. So. Uh, um, just, I really can't believe that even just as Auburn coach, that at no point he ever just tried to get all the iterations of his name, you know, yeah, just locked yeah. down. But he obviously didn't. And they were so. late to the
1: game there. Well, wa- let's start this because I'm gonna I'm gonna speak candidly uh, on this particular race. But I want you have a clip from one of our previous episodes where I declared Tommy Tuberville was gonna be our next senator. Mm-hmm. This was. Was that early this year or late last year?
0: We talked to him in the fall yeah. of last year when the podcast so we're, started. So we're talking a good so year ago when up. I made this
1: statement. He mm-hmm. came in this room, and the way he talked and the things that he said, I was like, he's going to get Alabama mm-hmm. to vote for him. I feel it. Right. So well, you just you play that and make me feel really smart. That last question, I wasn't sure how he was going to handle it, and, man, he had the answer for the question. So, he read yeah, the So, yeah, I, I think uh, – Heard it here first, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. said it, but I, I think he's our next senator. Mm-hmm. I do. Now that we're deep into the campaign, take this election out of the state of Alabama and put it almost anywhere else in the nation. Doug Jones would smoke Tommy Tuberville
2: mm-hmm.
1: almost anywhere else. Um, we paint Doug Jones by the letter next to his name rather than his voting record. He is a very moderate Democrat. He He routinely... Uh, votes outside of his party. In fact, since he's been in D.C., he's voted almost 80% of the time with our senior senator, uh, Richard well, so Shelby. But the only thing
0: you hear on top of that he voted for um, impeachment. He voted for that, that's, impeachment.
1: Which is right. He, and he voted for something that maybe a lot of mm-hmm. Alabamians don't agree with. But the point I made in, in a previous episode, I believe, was listen to his rationale. Right. He explained to you why he did it. You don't have to agree with him, but he gave you a reason. And I don't understand why all of us are, are to such a point. Or so many of us are just to such a point that we just want to have our team. Why don't you want to hold your team accountable? Good Lord, how lazy can they be? And how much can they not serve you if you just are blindly loyal to mm-hmm. them? We've got to get over that because it honestly makes our democracy weak. It makes us weaker. So why don't you hold them to some kind of standard at some point? But the funniest thing uh, that I've seen is, and I mentioned it in our last episode, Doug Jones has a lot of money that's flowed in through PACs or through his campaign, and so he's had a lot more ads. He's been very aggressive mm-hmm. in his ads. I think he's going to lose this election. I think he's going to lose it by 5, 6, seven, eight points. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be close, and I think Tommy Tuberville is going to be our next United States senator. I think Tommy Tuberville probably understands very little about what this role is, and maybe that's a good thing. God, I hope he proves me wrong. A couple of reservations I have about his campaign. Number one, his entire campaign seems to be I'm with Trump. I stand with Trump. He's got this one video where he was on Air Force One with Trump Mm -hmm. recently, and man, he's just flinging that into rotation over and over and over again to make it look like they have this close uh, relationship.
0: The acceptance speech at the convention. Yep. Yes. He he went there and so he's just flinging this thing.
1: Well, let let's let's look at national polling, and let's assume it actually knows what it's talking about. Trump's probably not going to be the president in January, if if you think that there's a there's a chance, Right. right?
0: That's an open door. Yeah.
1: What's your plan if he's not there? You literally just keep telling me you're with Trump, you're with Trump, you're with Trump. What if he's not there? What's your plan? What are you going to do for the state? How? What are you going to bring home? Who are you going to work with? What's your priorities? You, you haven't heard any of this, and it's it upsets me because we're just like, like letting him take the lazy street to mm-hmm. to the Senate rather than making him work for it and tell you you know what his policies are. One of the funniest things, uh, so he finally has an ad and he's walking, he's walking in a football field and he's kind of walking towards the camera and he's wearing just a navy blue Under Armour shirt i think that they i'm always trying to get in their heads they're trying to invoke the auburn coach image without having an auburn logo on it because Mm -hmm. they want the alabama voters too right Mm -hmm. so i'm sure they had hours long meetings talking about what shirt the man was going to wear in the ad but he's walking to you he says there's really nothing of substance that he says walking towards and then he points to the american flag and then he says if somebody burns this they ought to go to prison
2: hello i'm
1: tommy tuberville i'm proud to have won a lot of big football Mm -hmm. games but I'm prouder to be the son of a veteran. My dad was 18 when he stormed the beaches of Normandy, and we live in the greatest nation on earth because of patriots like him. I'll stand with President Trump to keep America great, and anyone who burns this flag should go to prison. I approve this message because in the Senate, I'll donate my paycheck to the veterans of the great state of Alabama. I just laughed hysterically because... Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of our flag, and I never plan on burning it, but I also believe the freedoms in this country allow you to. Um, but also, he didn't say, I intend to introduce legislation that would make it a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, there was no substance. It was just like, man, if somebody burns this, they ought to go to prison.
0: Well, it's shorthand. It's it, it, it is, sh- it is, but it's shorthand. no
1: mm-hmm. substance at all. It's yep. just words, mm-hmm. and this is that's what we'll elect, and... We have to do a lot better um, here in Alabama. If we want to get good leadership and people that are going to constantly work for us, we've got to make them work for our vote. We've got to be we got to quit being such lazy voters. We are very lazy voters.
0: Well, and contrast that with him being asked about the Voting Rights Act, which, if you want to really talk about, you know, I'm sure in some of these protests, I haven't seen it, but it would not surprise me that potentially some things have been done to the American flag that are disgraceful. But are we, as a country, experiencing a rash of flag burning? Uh, Probably not. I haven't seen it. The Supreme Court has taken up a Voting Rights Act, uh, made an important decision a few years ago about the Voting Rights Act and how it related to Alabama and things like that. And when he was asked about that at, I believe it was a Rotary, Birmingham Rotary Club meeting – It was really a bad moment for him. It Mm -hmm. really led you to question if he understood exactly what the Voting Rights Act was, why it was, you know, important. Um, And things related to the Voting Rights Act may actually potentially come up, you know, with him as a legislator. So on that sense, it's lovely that he wants you to respect the American flag. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I would kind of like him to know what the Voting Rights Act is as well, though. (laughs) Um, you know, I just I really would like I, I would expect him to know what that is and, and how he would ten- potentially vote on what the you know issues of the moment surrounding that act is. Right. Um, because I believe the chances are better that things to do with voting access uh, will come up than things to do with the American flag. Yeah. Because as it, aforementioned, I don't think that case is going to go to Supreme Court anytime soon because it's fairly established, um, you yeah. know, the American flag stuff is fairly established.
1: Well, so. and we've, we've talked about it before in, in, in issues such as abortion and gun rights, and they, they try to get you things that are tied emotionally to you, mm-hmm. that are that are tied to your soul somehow, and they want you to be tied up with those and right. thinking about them. So once they said, you know, hey, somebody's going to burn the American flag, I'm going to them in prison, you're like, mm-hmm. you know what, yeah, the, you suck if you burn that flag, you should mm-hmm. go to prison, rather than hey, when I get to D.C., these are some bills I'd like to introduce, mm-hmm. and the, this is how I'd like to, to right. work with Senator Shelby to bring some appropriations back to our home state. You and know.
0: sometimes that's just some literacy, as you just said. When Listen to what they say, and I don't care which candidate it is I know we're, we're roughing up on Tommy Tuberville right now, but this is definitely a thing that happens in political Oh, ads. goodness,
1: yeah. Sorry. Think
0: about what you think they said and then watch the ad again yeah. and listen to what they really said. Yeah. Because people who do these ads are very good at making as many people as possible hear what they want to hear. Uh, Very
1: true. Very true. So
0: uh, no matter which candidate it is, if you have that moment, we talked about this about media literacy, if you have that moment where you just want to just pump a fist in the air and like, yeah, Mm -hmm. think about that. That line was probably delivered very deliberately. And it might not actually be the line yeah. that you could yeah. quote. The next yeah. day, it, it may not actually be what you think it was. Well,
1: defending so. the the second ad I saw from Mister Tebow, he ran this weekend during football, was more substantial. He he talked like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Jones voted against Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Doug Jones mm-hmm. voted to impeach President Trump. Wow. See, those were two areas where he was connecting with Alabama voters. Sure, I don't agree with Doug Jones, I agree with you, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, all right, wow. now you've you've got some substance in this one. Good mm-hmm. job. Uh, the first one, you might could just you know shelf it. Let's yeah. not put that one back out there. It didn't have anything in it. Mm-hmm. Um. But, again, I guess he's really just got to spend his money here at the end. I, I yep. don't foresee any way he loses.
0: But mm-hmm. um, So, yes, his future. Uh, so while we're on um, football in general, I think there's a throwback that came up this weekend. I'll preface it by saying that before you mentioned the name Mike Leach in this room, I legitimately had no idea who this man was. <laughs> I was so
1: glad I could introduce you. I and then he moved across the country to yeah. get one state away from you.
0: I don't. Um, we should get him I on here. I don't follow follow college football at all um, i cannot at this moment tell you the name of either quarterback at either of the major universities in alabama and yeah, you're in most people most people can at least tell you the quarterback i can't don't know them don't particularly care i hope they get a good degree that's where i fall down on that question
1: one of them's already graduated
0: um, well there you go So, good for him. Mm -hmm. So, that tells you my level. Didn't know Mike Leach. Now, his name just kind of pops up like Beetlejuice Uh all over the place.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Welcome Uh, to the club.
0: So, he was asked about Uh masks and why he didn't wear a mask. Uh Uh-huh. There was a very funny riff with him and, I believe, a New York Times reporter about... What do you do? And then some stuff came up about bad breath and yeah. you know all that kind of all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, it's funny because he's he's a hyper intelligent guy and he really kind of plays that stuff off with humor mm-hmm. rather than um, you know like meeting it intellectually. He like Nick Saban
0: does kind of a more straightforward. Yeah. You're stupid yeah. and you're on my nerves kind yeah. of a thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you for um, for Nick Saban and the and the, the Bama staff something that I've seen and you can take your opinion of mask and put it wherever you want to put it. and I'll put mine wherever I want to put it, but just. Pure leadership. I've had the fortune of being a Patriots fan since I was like eight or nine years old before Tom Brady was even out of high school. And I've had the good fortune of being a Bama fan because I grew up here. Well, because of that, over the last 20 years, I've watched the greatest college football coach coach my favorite college, and I've watched the greatest NFL football coach coach my favorite NFL team. And so for me, I'm like a huge dork for all these little things that they do better than everyone else. Right. There is leadership at the top. You mm-hmm. do not question the leadership. It runs downhill, and you will feel the wrath if you choose not to. As you watch college football, I, I would encourage you this Saturday, if you watch some college football, watch the sideline of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and you will not see a single staff or coach take their mask off mm-hmm. the entire time. And the reason you're not going to see is because Nick Saban said, don't take your mask off. It doesn't matter what your opinion is about the mask. Right. Nick Saban has to let his people know. Where we stand. Nick
0: Saban hasn't asked for European. Look at
1: literally yeah. every other team in the nation. Great coaches, great teams, great people. Some people that probably wear masks a lot. Mm. They will pull their mask down during mm-hmm. the game. They'll pull it down on the side. And they will have staff members with it on their neck when they're not have it up. And I see the same exact thing happening in New England with their coaching staff this year, which Bill Belichick has developed this really awkward uh, duck bill thing that he's wearing. Uh, oh. <laughs> he's basically folded his mask up so it's obstructing here uh, straight out he can tuck his microphone underneath it so it doesn't muffle. And so he wears if his mask, and his entire staff does. Well, the NFL is a unionized sport, so they actually have bargained uh, how they handle COVID and the protocols, mm-hmm. and coaches have to wear them uh, all the time. They warned them in week one because a lot of coaches are taking their mask off. And in week two, they find like nine of their coaches $100,000 each, and they find their teams a quarter of a million dollars each time. Uh, the next week, I don't think anybody had their mask off mm-hmm. anymore because they're, they're a unionized sport, so right. it's a little bit of a different animal there. But take out the mask and your opinion and the virus and where you think we are, just leadership. Just I speak, you listen. And seeing it from a Belichick and a Saban, you see exactly why they lead programs that are consistently the best. And Mm -hmm. it's those little bitty things for me if I'm going to take a little nugget out of all this.
0: Uh, And then to tie those two things together, Mr. Mr. Leach and... Mr. Saban, he was asked um, if he had thought about dressing as a pirate, which uh-huh. is our left-on-red throwback Before, uh-huh, uh-huh. apparently they're going to face off on Halloween this yeah. year, uh, those two teams. I didn't see him wearing a pirate And outfit. so I think he basically said, you know, that hadn't occurred to me, that, but that's a good idea. But my favorite line was he said something along the lines of he thought Nick Saban would appreciate some costume play. And um, Nick
1: Saban's going to enjoy beating him by 10 touchdowns mm-hmm. is what he's going to do. I, I wouldn't invoke that man's name. I didn't
0: know <laughs> how to take that remark from yeah. the exactly, uh, exactly the way you think coach. you should.
2: Uh, last question for you. I know you're busy getting ready for Arkansas. You are going to be playing against Nick Saban, coaching against Nick Saban on Halloween, October 31st. Have you ever thought about dressing up on the sideline for a game? And what do you think the psychological value would be both for your team and what do you think Nick Saban would think if, for instance, he looked across the field and you were dressed as a pirate or you know some other uh, choice of a costume to coach against him? You know, I don't know. I uh, haven't really thought about that. That'd be kind of wild. Um, Nick does seem like the type of guy that would really get into some costume play though. I mean, I'm just loving the idea of you walking across for the pre-game handshake just dressed as a pirate and what that would do to Nick Saban, right? Like I I I just I'm I'm envisioning Saban just having no idea how to, how to comprehend this. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Wouldn't that be um, hysterical to see what Saban would think? I mean, if you if you're 4-0 with Mississippi State and everybody's talking about what a huge game it is, and you're trying to show your team, hey, we're going to go out and have some fun. We're going to play loose. And, you know, you walked out with a costume dressed as you called the entire game as a pirate. I just think, like, you had an eye patch, you know, maybe a fake fake uh, parrot on the shoulder or something. I, just th- I think you really would get into Saban's head. I, I think he'd be, like, staring across, the, you know, looking at you and have no idea what you were going to do from one play to the next. And I think that that parrot would get knocked off pretty quick because one of those guys (laughs) slapping you on the back or bumping into people.
0: It was pretty funny, and it was a a rare spot. He
1: is such an anomaly. Um, He will have the leading passer in the nation almost every year with his offense. He will beat teams that he has no business beating. See exhibit LSU in week one. Mm And then he always loses games that he shouldn't lose. See Exhibit Arkansas this last week. They haven't won an SEC game in two years. And then he d- he beats LSU by setting an SEC passing record. And then the next week he can't score like 15 yeah. points. I think it's just yeah, he is a, he's a character just the same as I introduced him uh, when Mr. Tupper mm-hmm. was on before. Uh, he is such an intriguing character. Yep.
0: Yep. And, again, I don't follow you follow college football oh you so can follow know, him though i don't know how the man's name keeps popping up but whenever it does i click on it to find out I why his name is is on my newsfeed or something he's I a think. really good so. fit and
1: start well if you were going to put him in the sec that that place just makes a lot of sense to me uh he can win them some big games and, and get them some notoriety he is certainly marketable there are a lot of pirate ship um mississippi state shirts rolling mm-hmm. around now i mean he he is uh he is a brand all his own mm-hmm. um i don't know that i would bring nick saban's name up though you're you're uh you're, you're not out in the pac-12 anymore mm-hmm. uh, nick saban can thump you probably yeah. every year so yep. i would
0: I'd probably leave his name alone so that was the week that was in 2020 um don't know what else to say about that we don't know Um, Well, I guess we should uh, bring up, as we've been sitting here recording, the president has tweeted that he is in fact going to leave uh, Walter Reed. He made
1: sure to lace a lot of political narrative in there as well. I believe
0: he ended by saying he feels better than he did in 20 years.
1: (laughs) Nobody feels better than he did 20 Um, years ago. (laughs) Which, Uh. you
0: know... I don't know how that's possible. Let's just leave that there. I'd like to find out what they gave him at Walter Reed. Do um, I believe
1: he certainly could have recovered a lot faster than others? Absolutely because he's got the the greatest health care probably in the world available mm-hmm. to him. Um, do I believe he feels better than he did when he was 55 or I mean how old is he he's 74
0: He's in his 70s. For so sure. when
1: he was 54 years old, uh, my, you know that's close to my dad's age and I, I assure you. Uh, my dad with a fake hip in his leg could run mm-hmm. circles around a 74-year-old Trump. I don't buy that you feel as good as uh, you did 20 years so ago. So
0: next week, I believe we should definitely, well, maybe not by the time we record, we won't have the vice presidential debate yet, right? It'll happen. It's, or is it this week? It's, it's is it Wednesday. Yeah, it's this week. Yeah, okay, it's right, this, week so this week. Because then we've I'm got the my, next my presidential next debate
1: the week yeah. after. So, so a lot hopefully of things are in question.
0: Um, will they, because he should still be in that period. I mean, he technically probably shouldn't be on a stage with, well. the with uh, Mr. Biden. Let's
1: bold prediction here. Um, He's going to be right at the 14 days, but let's bold prediction. We're going to have some fake controversy about Joe not wanting to debate him and Mm He's scared and blah, 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 and, and the fact um, of the matter is there's just a rule right now we're all kind of going by. But the
0: vice presidential debate is apparently going to be watched even more closely after the debacle that was the presidential debate. Yeah, I think we all want to um, know what would
1: happen if these two old men fell over dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to, frankly, let's, right. let's really call it what well, it is. that's one of, that's and hope one of that the we, things
0: that I thought about when it was still early on in the crisis. I was, because I actually asked, he said, you know, what happens and this is really this tells you what kind of conversations we have at our house. Yeah. But he asked Got me, he said morbid. what happens if well, yeah. morbid is yeah. the theme of the day. Well or the, par- the, the party would pick that. What there. happens if both the president passes away and Joe Biden gets the virus and passes away before the election? Yeah. You it, you I know, would assume they just default what, to their vice president. What happens? Yeah.
1: There's a chance. So, like, with the with the Republicans, I feel like it would be easier. You have the incumbent vice president. Mm-hmm. You'd be silly to not have him. But when it relates to the Democratic ticket, you know, Bernie Sanders had the, the second most delegates, mm-hmm. and the switch might need to go that direction. Throw something. However, you've already had your convention in which you nominated Kamala Harris for your mm-hmm. vice president. So yep. uh, that would be intriguing. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Let's not find out Quick, the answer. Uh, Quick point that. of
0: order on that. Apparently, there's a new Wondery podcast about the makings of Kamala Harris. Okay. Um, and the first episode I saw uploaded today, I haven't listened to it yet, um, but its title is Fajita Gate.
1: <laughs> and so apparently, I'm I'm Kamala in.
0: Harris, something to do with her reputation, was based on something called Fajita Gate, which really boggles the mind. That's
1: all I need to know about somebody, um, honestly.
0: So, uh, do you have
1: any controversies surrounding Hispanic dishes?
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, if you're interested in that, there is a Kamala Harris uh, podcast floating around also hillary clinton has a podcast i saw
1: that i'm curious i don't know how much i'm going to like her in that medium um uh, it's, it's worth a shot for tried me
0: it. Uh, michelle obama has a podcast my best well, just list all the all the political women who have podcasts michelle obama has a podcast i like now. hearing michelle
1: speak though i always uh um, hillary from time to time could give me nails on chalkboard vibe mm-hmm. um whereas uh, michelle i think she's just an eloquent speaker and uh, i could relate to her right. um I'll try Hillary's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not doing Knocker. Um, I just I don't know that yeah. I'm going to love her in that. A lot of uh, arena. a lot of new
0: podcasts flowing around. So <laughs> well,
1: it is the season.
0: Give give those a try if you wish, and we'll be back next week to discuss um, vice presidential debate and basically um, that handbasket that we're all going to hell in. Occasionally, hops an escalator, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll give you an update on what part of the escalator we're on when we come back to record again so
1: yeah here's the hoping so we'll, we'll wrap up we we'll, we'll talk about vice presidential debate a little bit next week and I'm sure we'll have 15 other storylines by then we'll see
0: so thanks for being with us and um just from us to you we apologize for the year that is 2020 there's no excuse for it anymore and somebody really owes the rest of us an apology so <laughs> we're sorry <laughs> that, this, that, this, that this year even is a thing
1: sorry that this year's happening to you
0: so um Hopefully, we'll all be back together again next week. See you guys. Bye. Left on Red is a DME Media Production. Copyright 2020, Daily Mountain Eagle.